time stuff that I wish I had. The big time stuff that'll make you mad. The big time stuff. I like the big time stuff. I like the big time stuff that I never had. Sort of market meditations. Chris, what are you, uh, is this like, are you going to take a bow? I am. Can you remind people why we do that lovely thing? Oh, hearing the bell gives us all a chance to just come back to our breathing, bring the mind and body together, calm the soul. It's a beautiful practice um, that I've adopted from the Plum Village tradition of Thich Nhat Hanh. And if you ever are lucky enough to visit one of those monasteries, you'll feel it too. No matter where you are, whenever a bell rings or a chime rings or the cuckoo clock in the, in the cafeteria goes off, everyone stops, pauses, no matter what they're doing, and just comes back to their breathing. It's a very uh, tremendously refreshing and beautiful practice. So. And, and the reason we named the podcast Market Meditations is because we kind of feel like you've got to find peace somewhere inside yourself, somewhere in this crazy world if you decide you want to be an investor at the, any spectrum, whether it's the public markets like Chris or me and venture capital. Um, Chris was just asking me before we started what I was working on today, and it, was, you know, it felt like it was a due diligence day for me. Uh, Chris, uh, I'm sure every day feels like a due diligence day for you. <laughs> well, there's always something. Public markets are hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to go necessarily into the dance hall. Or you can kind of hang out on the fringes. <laughs> or do something completely different. So, um, but yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, did you see that stock clubhouse? Of course, Clubhouse being the uh, membership group that's grown in leaps and bounds. That, the stock uh, for the uh, planning software went up uh, crazy on accidents. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's a stock. There's a company <laughs> not far from me in Beverly Hills, which was called like Ascent Healthcare Technologies or something. And they very cleverly changed their name to Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Uh, um, communications or something anyway the stock took off of course <laughs> it, it went crazy something like fivefold in the span did, of you, did you pay for it in bitcoin like andreessen horowitz uh, for clubhouse stock <laughs> yeah i know only um, if only maybe andreessen horowitz called him <laughs> you guys think of this name change after we take a big position it's a very funny signal though right like we could just suddenly name you know, our next company after something doing very well. And, you know, um, I'm going to assume those are a lot of Robin Hood buyers that. Uh, yeah. This. And, you know, this is a um, this is a circumstance we've seen before, like with Twitter Home Entertainment, when Twitter went public, there was a bankrupt company that made small speakers, Twitter, and people bought that up, not being very mindful or thoughtful about what they were buying. Um, and we saw, even back in the dot-com era, all these companies putting dot-com after their name to catch that tailwind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's a famous company called Zapata. They make fish meal, Neil. 
And they changed right. their name from Zapata to Zapata.com. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a it's probably a Harvard business study about that one. <laughs> <laughs> a two pager, not, not, not a deep study. <laughs> um, you must have seen. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you, what you were thinking about in the market today that you want to share, but uh, you must have seen Robinhood um, testified today in front of Congress to explain. Um, yeah. The yeah, game and, and, and Roaring Kitty. You know, I mean, there's. Uh, I don't know really what Congress's interest is. I know they're talking about financial market stability. <laughs> <laughs> they have bigger fish to fry than this, I would think, you know. And of course, they bring all of those folks before the the uh, before Congress. And I think Roaring Kitty, of course, the most famous game stopper, um, had Reddit followers in the you know twenty five thousand, twenty seven thousand. But uh, Elon Musk, who typed Game Stonk into his Twitter account with 47 million followers has so far been spared <laughs> an invitation. So I don't know who's more, who's got more influence, Roaring Kitty or Elon Musk. I don't know. But if we're worried about, uh, yeah, driving stock prices up by, you know, bringing together social influence. It's and, certainly uh, Elon Kardashian. I mean, Musk. Um, it's got more influence. Than oh, there's no question, no question. <laughs> but of course, if you're going to implicate someone on Reddit, then you have to go for the ones who have the most influence. It would seem logical, but then um, again, it's Congress. You ask what Congress is interested in, clearly not in uh, continuing to vilify our former president as they acquit him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I can just imagine the the craziness and the the lack of stability this is going to cause over time, right? Um, are we going to see potentially more boycotts by a guy who led, you know, an insurrection on the Capitol? Um, and are those boycotts going to affect major jobs at some point um, because he decided yeah. to end an industry who's not following him? And is that going to hurt the market? Actually, the reason I'm talking about it is because I think it may hurt the market in weird ways. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think a lot of things can keep a price down or a price up other than Wall Street bets and maybe our dear Donald Trump. Do you mean the actual fundamentals, company profits, won't keep no. the share price up? No, I, I think like if he decides to march on a company, people are going to start boycotting it and telling their brokers no longer. And he could probably get something, you know, uh, delisted, if you will, or dropped by a mutual fund. Um, so, you know, he, he, I still think he's a very powerful person, um, with a very interesting personality who, uh, is not done flexing that muscle. And yeah. I think it will come back, uh, to hurt corporate America. Um, obviously that hurts jobs too. Corporate America or Mike Pence, right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's only Yeah. No, but I, I guess the the charge of thinking about this and and what the effects of this kind of platform influence can have are worthy of consideration. I just don't know if Congress's intent is really that, you know, other no, than no, find not. a scapegoat or a target or some way to increase some regulation. I don't know how it's going to help, but we'll see. Hard, hard to tell the difference between the two. Um, yeah. Did you see at least that uh, the Mars rover landed? 
I did. It's very exciting. You know, I'm in uh, Pasadena, <laughs> which is Caltech, NASA, JPL land. So there's a tremendous amount of excitement in my little area. It? friend Fred and thank him for the work he must have done to help <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. They must break out to champagne or something over there. They JPL should, right? and Catholic. Yeah, they certainly should. And you certainly must have seen, uh, what is it, uh, the 78 or 84 billion that uh, um, SpaceX raised money at again? I um, know. This is going to help our friend Shamath, of course, and his uh, galactic, you know, <laughs> uh, Virgin Galactic um, valuations, but we are still seeing that kind of craziness in the SPAC world, you know. And you you the, mean you're going to be governor, right? <laughs> you really think, huh? No, I don't know. But we, well, why don't we do it? You heard it here first. If he runs, will you donate a hundred dollars to him? Oh yeah, I'll give him a hundred bucks. Not so that he needs come. it. You heard it here first. <laughs> I saw a Bloomberg interview. He's how he made his first ten billion. I was like, I I thought humility was his, one of his uh, uh, characteristics, but I think now I have to shave that one off a little. (laughs) Now I'm running for office, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did see some really interesting stats in the term sheet. There's a uh, uh, newsletter I get every morning uh, focused at VC and PE News. And uh, it was actually about, a little bit about COVID and where things are in the economy. So I'll just kind of read you these stats and let you react to them, which I thought was just really interesting. There's six of them. 59% of the people who read term sheet who answered the survey said uh, COVID-19 um, hurt their business. 54% expect them expect the t- pandemic to hurt all business in 2021. And I actually think that's a small number. It seems like it should be larger to me, 54% of these mm-hmm. be Neil, do you think that, I mean, so many companies are coming public via the SPACs that really still belong in the venture world. I mean, we have a lot of companies that are have gone through IPOs that I think are still, you know, pretty much embryonic in their development and don't even have a path to profitability. I mean, this is not a, but it does seem like in some ways SPACs are uh, maybe not in your world with medical device and uh, diagnostics. Yet. Well, no, they're showing up everywhere. Just, just to be clear about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you your, you, your question was. Oh, but I was just going to say: Is there any sense of um, this crowding out or uh, truncating the traditional path of VC uh, development? Um, maybe. You know, I mean, Part of it is you're you're trying to look for a liquid event, you know, liquidity event anyway. So you're looking for, you know, where can you get liquid, and if it's a spac or if it's going down the normal roadshow, so be it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to collapse in on itself a little bit because there's a lot more spacs than there are good targets. Are. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, there's certainly way, way more money throwing around that being thrown around than there are good ideas. So, I heard investors tell me that SPAC money is floating around yesterday, and I was like, "Floating? That's a strange word when we think about money." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bubble. Yeah. You hear the word float. Fifty-four um, percent of the readers had confidence in the U.S. economy compared to thirty-seven percent who had confidence in the international economy. 
which I thought was interesting. So like, take a step back and look at that number. The people who are writing checks for the companies of tomorrow, mm-hmm. only about half of them have confidence in the US economy. That's but, not very inspiring. Well, do but it's about the same for the global economy, right? Maybe it's just cross. 37% for the global economy. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe you've just taken a, a cross-section, a sample size of dour, um, well, pessimistic I, individuals. No, no, but I'm a little pessimistic right now too, right? Because what, mm-hmm. what goes up must come down. So it sounds strange and it's not ideal, but I feel like I'm in the exact same place. So yeah. while I'm looking for innovation, I'm not, I'm not thinking the balloon will pop. Um, 83% of the people um, early said that Trump would not get impeached. They were right. Um, about half, 56% of people were con- had confidence in Joe Biden. Um, 26% expressed a lack of confidence. Um, and just last year, 69% of people um, showed a lack of confidence in Trump. So the numbers for Biden, at least, uh, at least from the investment community for PE and venture capital are, are more supportive of Biden this year than they were against Trump last year. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Um, 30% of the people said that uh, long-term capital gains carried interest income should be eliminated. And I was like, what are they doing? oh i know your position (laughs) um uh my my position uh is only trumped by um issues of i mean i actually don't want to get into it there are a couple issues that can trump it but not not very easily um those were kind of the major ones that I, you know, I guess there's more, but those are the major ones that I found kind of fascinating. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think that last one is probably a, a weather vane for what we see is just this growing um, inequality gap, you know, um, between those who have capital and those who have labor to, to provide. This is an ongoing battle, but I think um, in some sense, you know, we, We've seen one of the longest stretches of the dominance of capital over labor, um, where labor's share of uh, profits in the overall economy has continued to shrink for the last 25 years or so, 26 years now. Don't you think it will continue to shrink? It's uh, very interesting. I don't know. I think one of the, you know, Ronald Reagan's defeat of the air traffic controllers organization was a watershed event that began the kind of devolution of labor unions and their power. Um, And now we're starting to see this coalescence like with Amazon, right? They're fighting this unionization and uh, wages have continued to trend downward, especially in real terms, inflation adjusted terms. And there has to be some bottom. I don't know. And we're getting this press from the White House, as well as many municipalities to raise minimum wages and living standards through the wage mechanism. I'm, um, I'm against that, in a sense, um, to manipulate the price mechanism in that way. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, again, 
this has been the longest stretch. I don't necessarily see it turning around, Neil, like your, to your question, but certainly the signs are there. It's starting to percolate. Do you think robotics will continue to put pressure on the labor market? <sighs> yeah, this is, um, you know, labor market certainly always evolving. I think we as human beings are just sort of concrete bound. We're stuck <laughs> with what we know and looking back at history and of course, availability heuristics and recency bias right there make us overemphasize the more recent past. So it's just hard for us to escape. And certainly 2020 taught us no one knows the future. <laughs> or Samuel Goldman said, no one knows anything. <laughs> do you really know? Um, but I, I do think there's a, um, a point at which this um, inequality, I mean, we've seen it in uh, playing out in politics, right? Um, you look at the <clears throat> patriots <clears throat> who stormed the Capitol, right? They weren't. <laughs> they were. They were by all. They were, but they were by all means. They were. They're the majority. It wasn't minorities. It wasn't Black Lives Matter. It wasn't Antifa. It wasn't you know the Gujarati American Business League or anybody who had a grievance. These were white Americans by and large. And I don't know what this country has denied them, except I'm sure their frustration, forgetting all the, the who they hitch their wagon to, <laughs> that administration and all that. But it's just a, a sign of that tremendous frustration that comes from this uh, growing inequality in the same way that Bernie Sanders represented the other, uh, that same extreme, but on the more progressive or liberal front. Um, people are frustrated with their lot in life and their inability to move forward. Um, and they feel stuck. And I think that that does get to a breaking point at, at some level. And that's what you're seeing, you know, with Amazon and some of these demands for unionization or some form of collective power and bargaining to try to boost wages and even just pressing um, that through on the political spectrum. So, yeah, I think, Neil, that while we can't anticipate when that inflection point will happen, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think it only gets worse over the course of our lives. Right? Yeah. I actually don't know that it'll get better in our lives. That's my mm -hmm. impression. And it'll get only that inflection is worse, right? So, mm -hmm. um, COVID 19. <laughs> you must have read uh, the Pfizer vaccine is not very good on the South African variant. Um, makes you think about going on vacation a little bit. <laughs> To, to where there's no COVID, like where no, 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 like no. If you're going on vacation, you actually now have to start to think, like, you know, does this place let in Africa, and when did they last, and how much is the, you know, how, how much is, how much is that variant going to get out? Very little is known about it, other than it's more contagious and potentially more deadly. Um, and it, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is what seventy percent less effective on on it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't I, seem to me we're out of the COVID uh, fear anytime soon. Does the Pfizer vaccine, even with the South African variant, still though protect against um, major complications, hospitalization, or? So there's only a couple of studies on that, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, three days. So that news came out two days ago, right? And three days ago, three days before that, there was a couple of papers about how nobody had been hospitalized who'd taken it. Uh, despite the variant. But I think it was because of that 
news that Pfizer came out and said, well, no, we're not so sure that it's as good for that. So, you know, don't pack your bags for South Africa tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and don't buy Clubhouse Media Group stock either. <laughs> yeah. It's not the clubhouse you think it is. A couple things you'll learn from this podcast. It's like what not to do. I don't know if I can tell you what to do, but certainly things to avoid. That's how useful. Something useful. Right. So um, yeah. Well, um, this uh, unemployment uh, or employment report today was a bit disappointing too. Um, Still an email. You know, yeah, still very slow to come back. But, you know, when you think one-eighth of employment is retail workers, again, sort of low wage, but also a very troubled sector, given the move to online. Um, another, you know, uh, quarter of workers are in the hospitality industry. So those are really just the two hardest hit sectors. And I, I mean, really bombed out. I don't know how um long that's going to take to recover but it certainly won't be v-shaped and we're starting to really see that i don't know if this is the beginning of the markets trying to manage expectations um you know it's funny <laughs> i can't, I can't I'm, I'm smiling because i can't remember how many times you must have said this to me and i'm i'm prompting you normally to tell me yeah as we yeah. thought like <laughs> yeah well i just want to remind you that uh, we're wrong most of the time on most of the things we say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very, investment advice. That's right. That's right. But um, the you know the the this um, anemic report did put some cold water on what we thought was a sort of recovery uh, in sorts with consumer spending in January being so strong. But it's very, very clear that. Uh, this is becoming directly correlated to stimulus, right? <laughs> and I think it's not just consumer spending, but of course, GameStop and <laughs> Clubhouse Media Group and Ascent Solar Technologies and you name the, the high-flying, uh, un, uh, formerly unloved stock that's, that's soaring. Um, the speculation and, of course, the uh, um, consumer spending have been directly uh, related to the to the stimulus. And if that dies down, then my God, what kind of economy will we be left with? And certainly that seems unsustainable. And to borrow from Herb Stein, that which is unsustainable must end. <laughs> so I guess we could keep putting out the stimulus, right? This is modern magic, modern yeah, yeah, theory. Yeah. Right. Modern don't theory. don't underestimate it. I also, yeah. though, the beauty of having an older president like Biden um, is I don't think he really cares the same way about re-election. I don't think he really cares the same way about um, building a legacy. I think he, the legacy he wants is to tell fix America. So I hope to God um, the way Trump impressed upon the Fed to cut the rate as much and as often as he could. I hope that uh, Biden does not intervene the same mm -hmm. way. And he helps America that way. Um, yeah. Which I, don't I think know. likely to is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I know. Well, he's got Janet Yellen, you know, as Treasury Secretary, and she's uh, very much uh, the dove in terms of interest rates and even theoretically um, in the Princeton group, you know, wanting to 
the, the group of Princeton trained economists, MIT trained Princeton trained economists wants to even um, further kneecap interest rates or sort of manage um, interest rates as best they can. But to me, that's, of course, a fool's errand, although I've said this many times, the Fed and all the uh, economic and intellectual heavyweights in their charge persist. You know, this is one of the most important, if not the most important, I've got to be the most important price in all of the markets, the cost of money. And you can't um, suppress or manipulate that without dire um, secondary and tertiary consequences and unintended consequences we still don't know about. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. And uh, we've seen, of course, the rapid rise in almost all commodity prices. I mean, look at lumber, my God, up over 119% from a year ago. What's going on with gold? The opposite way. Yeah, this is an interesting thing. I don't think we always know um, what's happening. Central banks have been absent as buyers, and last year they were pretty big buyers. Um, And this is part of the end of a seasonal period of strength for gold. And historically, too, when gold prices have run up very strongly and have been supported by silver prices like they were up till August, there is a long settling period, not necessarily always long, but usually six months or so. So we're coming to the end of that. But there's also this issue where we've seen um, gold and treasuries sell off before a market inflection. Um, Usually somebody needs liquidity and they sell their most liquid or saleable assets to generate that cash. Um, You know, you might not sell your private equity holdings or your venture company, very hard to liquidate those, but gold is readily available, deeply liquid market, treasuries, of course, even more so. Are you telling telling me, say, sell gold? Well, no. I mean, if I think back to the 2008 crisis, although this may not be analogous, and I hope it's not, um, you know, we saw the gold price fall by thir- over 30% just before Lehman failed. And then as soon as Lehman failed and a couple of weeks after the gold price shot back up as people ran into it uh, with their investment dollars for safety. So initially, it certainly appeared Lehman was circling the drain. Many uh, companies had loans outstanding to Lehman. And they were, of course, doing that uh, uh 105, (laughs) trading out their um, mortgage-backed securities and everything for treasuries and then putting them back on the balance sheet and paying whoever lent them the treasuries 5% more. Repo 105, which I think uh, should have put uh, Dick Fold in jail, but I think he runs a hedge fund now. (laughs) He's back. He's back. He's back. Dick Fold, of course, was the CEO of Lehman Brothers, and he engineered the Repo 105 to hide assets from the regulators and the auditors every quarter. He was hiding assets. I just want to repeat that to everyone. (laughs) So sometimes even the, the financials you read are not the financials that are real. But uh, anyway, like all of the the banks that did some uh, misappropriation back then, he got away with it. So 
Well, his bank failed. <laughs> and he was out of a job, but he's back. So, yeah. We don't have to pass the hat for him. Yeah. So, um, Chris, anything else you want to share before we end our podcast today? Short one? No, no. I'm, I'm glad everyone uh, who's attended, I hope they got a smile on their face from <laughs> this, if not a useful factoid or two. But, uh, well, too. What's that? Let's end with the bell today. Oh, I think that's a great idea. And just remember, everyone, to take good care of yourselves during these crazy times. Stay healthy and sane. And please, practice meditation and coming back to the breath. It will save your life and those around you and bring you much peace and joy.